Hey everyone, welcome to episode number six of the Recruitment Intelligence Show. My name's Robert Gillespie and in today's episode we share some of the valuable insights we've gained from running two private virtual networks with some amazing people from the world of talent acquisition and HR. Hope you enjoy the show. Okay, so over the last few weeks you've been running a couple of kind of what I would call private virtual networks. So what sparked the idea for that? What is it? What's the purpose of these networks? And I suppose what's key is, actually, who's been joining you on these networks so far? So I think, I mean, the main purpose was, I guess, to, to get our client base more together. I mean, I think our view was that all of our clients, uh, we, or the way we're operating with our clients is pretty siloed. You know, when we're working with client X, all we're talking about is, is what's going on in that organization. And at a time like this, I thought it was good to get like-minded people together in a forum where they felt comfortable just having a chat about what's going on, what's going well, what's not going well, etc. So we launched it, and the first two we had was in June. Uh, so we had two sessions running in June, um, and attendees have been typically global HR directors, global talent acquisition directors, people who have HR or talent acquisition responsibility for wider than just you know a, a division or a unit, etc. So, so good people to have on on that network. I mean, I think. Um, for, for me, what's, what's the structure been? Um, the first one was the first one, so we didn't really know, you know, how it would, how it would go as such. But um, I drafted an agenda for it, and I sent it out to the, the attendees ahead of it, and also gave them an opportunity to network with themselves and get to know each other a little bit ahead of all jumping onto a Zoom call. And really, we talked through a few things. The first one was really, you know, what's on your mind at the moment? So what's keeping you up at night? What's your key priorities in the organisation? What are the things that you feel has gone well for your organization over the last three, four months? What's been the main challenges, lessons learned, etc.? We also shared a few bits of content, so two articles from Forbes, and really gave them an opportunity to read that a little bit ahead of the call. So then we could kind of discuss their perspective and, and get thoughts, etc. And then the last piece of the, the call was really just saying, okay, you know, was it worthwhile? Which thankfully they said they quite enjoyed it. Um, and, you know, what should the agenda be going forward? Which then really gives me homework to say, okay, if we're going to talk about these three topics next time, I'll do a bit of research on what those topics are, you know, saying right now, what's going on, etc. And, and so again, we can come back into the, the discussion with a little bit of prep, you know, so that the discussion flows, you know, well from, from there. How many were on the calls, actually, each of the different calls? So one group was six and the other was seven. And um, my view was any more than that, it just becomes too noisy, people talking over each other, etc. And also, you know, to, to your point earlier, you want to try and create a forum where, you know, that level of person feels comfortable, you know, sharing ideas. So hence why we've deliberately made it kind of very focused on a private network. We're not going to be, you know, sharing anything about it externally, just to give that, you know, group comfort that mm -hmm. what I'm talking about isn't, isn't being shared. And... So what's been some of the key insights from that? Because as you said, there's been a good mix of different people on it, different roles, but actually from, I mean, I listen to call myself, but like different countries as well. So there's lots of different views. So what, from your side, what do you think has been some of the kind of main takeaways? I'm not going to say a list of three or five, just kind of some of the kind of key highlights you think from the calls? I mean, it was interesting. We've had, we've had people on from various different countries. So US, various countries in Europe, uh, UK, Asia, um, and it was interesting to see them all being at different kind of levels of the journey through through COVID. We've also had people who, um, organisations that have got 85,000 employees and 600 employees. Um, so again, it was good to kind of just get the, the different perspectives. I think the one that was consistent across all was, um, as an HR and a talent acquisition leader, 
they feel that their responsibilities have been much more varied through COVID. So you're almost being forced to get involved in things that they wouldn't necessarily have got involved in the past. And really just through to, the, the, I guess, the strategy being a bit short given given what's going on. <clears throat> Some good examples. I mean, one of the, the people in the call talked about their, their global organization um, do an internship at this time of year. And they've moved that completely to a virtual internship. So they've decided they want to keep that going. Um, so the challenges then was how do we embed our culture in that virtual internship? You know, how do we do virtual factory tours? How do we still have check-ins with new interns that still feel good about joining that organization through COVID? So that was one which I thought was interesting. I think there was another theme that was really about communication, you know, and, and people feeling the need to communicate more, but also, you know, people needing to, to have more communication. Because, you know, whether that, the, the other argument or the other piece was, it's a mixture now of personal communication and business. So typically when you went into a meeting with a direct report or a, or a manager in the past, 90% of it was business. Whereas through COVID, there's much more kind of blend of, of personal and business. <clears throat> Leading on from that morale, so consistently across the, the two groups, a lot of people were talking about morale. So the, you know, how do we keep morale high? How do we you know fix any morale challenges? Because there's no doubt you know, people will, will have been concerned, will have been worried about what's happening, you know, do I have PPE, you know, am I protected, etc. So that was another piece. Um, and then the last few were, were around well-being. So, you know, a lot of the, the team on the call talked about, you know, we, we, we recognise the importance of well-being. We recognise that, you know, we as organisations need to be doing something about it, but we've actually been almost forced into ensuring a well-being strategy is is where it needs to be because now coming, you know, during this and also coming out of this, employee well-being is, is absolutely key. And then the last one that was interesting, I'd read an article just before it about the, the almost the place in where the, the place HR will take in the business going forward. And yes, I was speaking to HR people and talent acquisition people, but the view was, and I agree, you know, the HR could and should have a more prominent place in an organization going forward because I think what this has taught us the, the, the COVID journey is um, you know being human with people you know treating people like humans is, is really important and you know ensuring the HR have a very strong position in place in the in the organization so that was just a couple of things I mean mm -hmm. we then we talked about a few articles um, one of them was around and just the impact of, of, of COVID on HR, on hiring, et cetera. And, and one of the lines in that article was, Corona will be the greatest workplace transformation of our lifetime. So we had a bit of a discussion around that because that's really a big statement. And um, we then get into discussing things around, you know, retraining and investing in remote working, which I think we're all, we're all doing. And um, also the future of work, focusing on worker wellbeing, an opportunity to, you know, redefine your business, Etc. So we had some really good discussions, not just on HR topics, but topics that kind of, I guess, covered covered the business aspect as well, and you know how organisations are now really using this as an opportunity to, I guess, reevaluate reevaluate the operating system. And um, then the last article we talked about was specifically on hiring and and recruiting going forward. Um, and it was there was a link on that article. It was the Human Code of Hiring .com. Um, for anyone that's not seen it, really, really worthwhile. Some some excellent stuff in there. Um, we had a good discussion on, I think I'd mentioned it in a, a previous video, uh, talent acquisition versus talent attraction going forward. And this thought of, um, you know, the, the, actually the challenge is going to be attracting talent and attracting top talent who may feel more secure 
in their current organisation and not want to, to make a move. So, so that was kind of some of the stuff that we, we talked through. But I think really worthwhile. I mean, I really enjoyed, I mean, all, all I did was host it. So I didn't, I just kind of listened and asked a few questions. But it was good to see, you know, the team interacting. And, and certainly, I, I, feel, I feel it was a worthwhile session to, to, to share some thoughts. No, the one other thing that stood out for me was more was oh, the one you touched on it anyway was around about the I suppose as a marketing person me the, the comms and engagement strategy for HR people for people even returning to work mm-hmm. post furlough because these people maybe haven't been working for a few months um, and it's how you I suppose bring them back into the loop again on a full time basis but without also stressing people out for want of a better word because they might come back to work after three months of being off work but some people have been working <clears throat> and they'll come back to work to an environment where they might feel slightly lost it was as you said it was almost that <clears throat> hr how they, they communicate and engage with these people coming back so i thought no, no, i thought it was it was interesting really good. A, few of the, a few of the team on the call um are permanent working from home employees whereas others have now had to to move to that and those that were permanent were saying at the start, it's a novelty. You know, you get the chance to be more flexible, work from home, but there's a period in which after the novelty kind of passes, how do you prevent yourself from burning out? Because again, everyone in the call said, we've actually worked harder in the last three, four months than we, we expected to, and also that we would do on a day-to-day basis. So there is that challenge of you work at home, you work longer, you know, employees just are, are consistently, you know, sitting at their laptops. How do you get the balance of engagement but also, you know, not, not burning out as well. Yeah, there's also, I've, I've read a few articles, and maybe it's companies in the States more than anywhere else I've seen, maybe just because they're louder on social media, around this working, this, there's been a lot of companies shouting about <coughs> working from home or working from anywhere on a permanent basis now. Um, and I know it came up in the call slightly, but I've seen it mentioned elsewhere around our people kind of almost forgotten what it actually was like to be in an office. It's almost, I would, I would class it as kind of recency bias or confirmation bias, almost recency bias as in they only remember the good things what happened recently or the news. So they're almost thinking, oh, well, this is a good thing to do. But actually, I'm, I'm really interested to see what happens over the next, I don't know, six months when people, you can go back to the office. Yeah, well, will they actually go, oh, wait a minute, actually, we forgot about all the good things that were good about being in an office and it's getting that balance, right? I think it's going to be interesting. So two things, I mean, I think, and, and I, it was someone mentioned this in social, but, um, you know, right now, it's almost a bit of a forced situation that we're in. I mean, typically, if you're working from home, you don't have family or kids running around in the background. So you've got more peace than you probably have just now. Um, so I think that, I think that's one thing. My, my second point would be, I think it's more moving to a working flexibly model, meaning, you know, that you, you don't have to work at a specific place. So whether that's at home, an office, coffee shops, whatever it may be, I think that for me should be the, the focus because I don't think it's good to have constant working from home because I do think you lose a bit of engagement and kind of connectivity with people. But equally, I think it's going to be a long while and um, before we can all just you know go back into the office as normal. So I know because we spoke about it, it's, it's been really successful, the two that you've had so far. So what's the plans for this going forward or the next steps for it? The plans for me is to keep it going as long as the audience are engaging. So, I mean, if we get to a point where at the end of one of those calls, the group says, this is rubbish and we don't want to do another one, then we won't do another one. Um, But I think what I'm trying to do is just keep a regular monthly catch-up. Only took about 45 minutes or so. Um, What I'm going to do every quarter 
is then almost try and get a guest speaker mm. and bring the groups together and have a guest speaker talk about a subject that we've probably talked about in the last couple of sessions. <clears throat> I'm now running, I think we're up to four groups a month with different, with different teams. And what I'll try and do uh, during August or September is bring those four together for one session and have that you know, guest speaker type type environment but really I, I guess the the pace and and I guess you know how the how the the network evolves is really going to be down to the attendees and I guess my job is to try and keep them as engaged as possible so they want to feel that you know turning up for 45 minutes is, is worthwhile. So it's a private network so if someone though did want to maybe join one of the other groups because you never know people as you said are busy you can't make it all the time but if someone was interested in joining best way maybe to reach out to yourself directly yeah absolutely if they just message me on linkedin if they if they hear this and they, they do fancy joining absolutely no issue at all just a message on linkedin is, is perfect as always thanks again for your time gavin right. sure we'll catch up soon all the best take care Bye-bye. Bye-bye.